Luke 11, beginning with verse 11. It's the parable of the good father. Now, notice what Jesus says. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? If he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Let's pray. Father, uh, thank you for all that you're about in our lives. And uh, thank you for just allowing us to be here today. We live in a free land and many have paid for our freedom. Be with our servicemen and women who are even now fighting for our freedom around the world. With our missionaries who are spreading your word, the good news of the gospel of Jesus across the globe. Thank you for those who have worked so hard in our Sunday school hour, the teachers and the musicians in our worship service and the specials and those who are taking care of the children that are too young to be out here. And Father, thank you most of all that you're here with us. Speak to us as only you can. Make your word very clear and understandable. Let your word go forth in power. Let your spirit have freedom to move among us. In Jesus' name I pray these things. Amen. There are a lot of things that uh, we could say about our country. I mean, uh, there are things that are wrong on every hand. And looking up some of the things that I uh, saw, uh, crime is rampant. I hope you know that. And a lot of people wanted to cry the younger generation not having the values that we have. And that's our fault for not teaching them, by the way. Okay. A recent study uh, looked at 11,000 cases of people committing crimes. Now, I want you to realize what the study found. There was no difference in the percentages of crimes committed of race or of poverty or of wealth or of education. There was one determining factor that they found out in those 11,000 crimes they investigated that was true across the board. It was absentee fathers. Absentee fathers made that big a difference? Evidently, because that's the only thing that all those crimes and all those people convicted of crimes and all those people sent to prison had in common was a missing father. Now, when I say absentee father, there are some fathers at home that are still absent. They don't engage. They don't involve. They don't uh, teach. They don't do much of anything but go out and earn a living and come back and sit in an easy chair and then don't bother me go talk to your mom and I wanted us to know that when you think of father day gifts usually it's the gifts that we as fathers receive from our children or grandchildren or nieces or nephews but I wanted to think about what about this passage where it says our heavenly father gives us the best gift the holy spirit our heavenly father knows how to give good gifts so what gifts can we as fathers give our children on Father's Day? What commitment can we make to be the godly fathers and not be absentee? Well, <clears throat> did a little acrostic. Acrostic, where you spell out father. And so those are the gifts we're going to give. The first one is the F. Give them your faith. Give them your faith. In the book of Deuteronomy, we know the passage beginning in chapter 6 Verse 1, and it talks about engaging our children with faith. Uh, now, this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and the judgments that the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, 
that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, and your son and your grandson all the days of your life, that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, O Israel, hear, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and you may multiply greatly, as the Lord your God, your fathers, has promised, in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words, which I command you today, shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk to them when you sit down in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your home and on your gate. See, the first thing we need to give is our faith. Now, fathers, I'm talking specifically to you, and ladies, you're going to fall in line too. You see, our children, our grandchildren, our nieces, our nephews, those that God has entrusted us with as a church whose parents are absentee, we're supposed to share our faith with them. It doesn't do to say, oh, let the little lady do it. That's what I've been told. My wife takes care of the spiritual side. Well, the problem with that is that's not her job, men. It's our job. Every man in here that knows Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior should be leading out spiritually and teaching your children how to pray and praying with your wife. Should be leading out on how to read the Bible and understand the Bible and ask the questions, who, what, when, where, and why. Every man in here is responsible for teaching them about Jesus. Is Jesus important to your life? Your children are going to know it whether you say so or not. By your actions, by your attitudes, by my actions, by my attitudes. You see, we're commanded in here to have God's word in our heart. I think that's verse 6. We're to fear the Lord and keep his commands, verse 2. We're to teach him diligently at every opportunity, verse 7. When we rise up, when we lay down, we're walking in the way. In other words, every teachable moment, we're to reclaim for Jesus Christ. Families, I know what busy is. My kids were involved in everything they could be involved in. But I want to tell you something. You better make dinner time a priority. And when it's dinner time, you need to sit around. You need to talk and find out what they experienced in the day. You need to deprogram them from the world's way of thinking and reprogram them for Christ's way of thinking. We need to understand that. And fathers, we, we are supposed to lead the way. Wives, I'm going to give you a little advice. If your husband isn't doing that, don't nag them. Pray for them. Do, do you hear me? No, no wives said, no, they're going to go nag. Okay, No. You pray for them and God will change their heart. You pray for them, God will convict them. You pray for them and let Jesus and the Holy Spirit change their attitude and then you help them along. That's what we need to have done. Ark Linkletter years ago had a little show called Kids Say the Darndest Things. I don't know if some of you older like me can remember seeing that. Termite Man. He crawls into attics and under houses and finds those bugs that eat up houses and he kills them. Well, Art asked him, have you ever seen a termite? Yeah, our house is full of them. <laughs> Doesn't your dad worry? No, we're renters. <laughs> He's learning something from dad, all right. Another one was asked, did you take a bath last night? No, 
I'm saving the soap for my daddy. He's the dirty one in the family. (laughs) Kids find out. We need to ask what we pass on to our children. Now, it's great to teach them how to be a successful worker, a business person. It's, it's great to teach them how to do things, whether it's hitting a ball or working on cars or whatever it is that you teach them. That's important. But let me, let me reemphasize something. The most important are the spiritual things you teach them. You see, they need to see you reading your Bible and they need to read it with you. They need to see you praying and hear you praying and learn how to pray. Daddies... Don't be an absentee father when it comes to spiritual matters. Well, that's just not me. Well, it better be you. Because if you don't give them something, they're going to find something from the world that you don't want them to have. Do we understand that? Now, I'm going to say a word to those daddies who haven't accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. You can't pass on what you don't possess. And if you want your child to grow up to be a godly person and do right, you better accept Christ and set the example. Don't be an absentee daddy. Let's go on. So give them our faith. We give them our affirmation. We give them our affirmation. Now, see, children like to be affirmed. All children like to be affirmed. All children need to be affirmed and deserve to be affirmed. Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5, says this. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. You see, we need to remember that children are a blessing. I want you to hear that again. Children are a blessing. When we're fortunate enough to have children... We need to affirm them and tell them how much of a blessing they are in their lives, in our lives. We need to tell them how much they're worthy. Now, listen to me. They're not worthy because of what they do. They're not worthy because they're smart or pretty or or any of those things that we tell them. I want you to tell them those things. They're worthy simply because they are. That they're a gift from God. See, it doesn't matter what my children or grandchildren do. I'm going to love them because God loves me no matter what I do. When I mess up, he still loves me and forgives me. That's the pattern. We need to understand that the psalmist says, the psalmist says in Psalm 139, 14, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Knowing that, Jeremiah tells us in Jeremiah 1, 5, that before we were born, God knew us and had a plan for us. Are you telling your kids that? That they're special enough that God has a special plan just for them. It might not be a pastor or a deacon or a youth pastor or a youth music pastor. But we need to understand God has a plan for them. We need to understand that God wants them affirmed. They are so special that God has uniquely made them to fit in his kingdom. And you need to lead them to Jesus, men and women. So we can affirm them. You see, the girls were born early. And they were in the hospital a month. And so I'd go to school. Before school, we'd take Elizabeth there and then had to bring her home because she couldn't drive yet. And then after work, I'd drive her there and we'd stay about midnight and we'd start this whole process over. I didn't realize how important that was, not just for her to be there, but me. But they, they've done a, a, a selection or a, another study. And, and what it said was this, that on those preterm infants that are in those ICU units, the ones who fathers 
whose fathers spend a significant amount of time visiting them, gain more weight and get out faster than those who are just too busy and just send mama to do it. See, even the infant realizes the importance of a daddy, of one who is there for them. Be there for your kids, men. We need to understand that. Nothing takes place for you being there. You say, well, I'm earning a living and I'm doing this so they can have this or that. They don't need this or that. They need you. Yes, they need you to earn a living, but not at the expense of your time with your kids. See, men are driven. We want to be successful. We want to be at the top of our game. We want to, to everybody look and say, ah, that's a man. But more important than that, our children need to look at us and smile and say, that's my dad. The third thing, see, we give them our faith, our affirmation. We give them our time. We give them our time. Uh, Psalm 78, if you're taking notes, verse 5. Psalm 78, verse 5, says this. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. You have a certain amount of time to make things known to your children. Okay, Ephesians 6.4, you'll know it when I say it. <clears throat> it says this, And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Uh, Colossians 3.21 says almost the same thing. It says, Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. See, we need to give them our time. You see, <clears throat> nothing takes the place of time. You can never reclaim time. And if you haven't realized it, what you're going to realize is time flies by. My kids, kids should not be old enough to have kids in my mind. But they have them because they're old enough. Time goes by. I can't remember my kids when they were Asher's age. I was out earning a living. I was out trying to do ministry. I was out doing this and that and the other until God convicted me and said, your kids are not going to know you. You better take some time at home and have some family time. If you're not spending time making memories, you can't get it back. I don't know if you've ever heard the song, The Cat's in the Cradle. It's by Harry Chapman. Cat's in the Cradle with Silver Moon. Little Boy Blue and the Man on the Moon, something like that. Silver Spoon, I think it was. When are you going to play, Dad? When are you going to play? Not now. He goes on. And the boy walks away with his dad never having time saying, I'm going to grow up to be just like him. And then the end of the song comes around, and the dad is now retired. He's not on the road working anymore. And he calls his son and says, why, why don't you come for a visit and bring the kids? All oh, the kids are sick. Work is hectic. You know how it is, Dad. But I love you. I said, okay. And as they hung up, the little tune goes, my boy had grown up to be just like me you can never reclaim time you can never have enough time you see time flies by it can't be replaced the one thing the only thing probably i did right my kids knew that if they had an event that unless there was a drastic emergency i was going to be there Spend time with your kids. Get to know your kids. Well, what do you mean, Brother Gary? Okay, men, the mamas will know this. Do you know your child's favorite color? Do you know your child's favorite food? Do you know your child's favorite 
TV show? Do you know your child's best friend's name and their parents? Oh, my wife keeps up with that. No, 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 no. Do you know? See? Now everybody says I was way controlling, and I probably was. But I knew one thing. I had them for this amount of time. And their first question was always, they told me this after they're grown, before they did something, what will daddy think? Well, your kids were afraid of you. No, they knew the difference between right and wrong. And they knew that I spent enough interrogating them that sooner or later one of them was going to slip up and I was going to know. (laughs) You spend time with your kids. Give them your time. Let's go on. Y'all are... Their eyes are rolling back. So you give them your faith. You give them your affirmation. affirmation. You give them your time. And you give them your help. Your help? Yeah. The Holy Spirit. So you give them your faith. See? Titus 2.4 says this. Titus chapter 2 verse 4 says, or verse 6 says, Likewise exhort the young men to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself to be a good pattern of works, in doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, and incorruptibility, and sound speech cannot be condemned, that the opponent may be ashamed. See, we're to set the example. We're to give them help. Uh, uh, Proverbs 22, 6, Raise up a child in the way he should go, and he shall not depart from it when he is older. Okay? Children... Boys and girls need fathers to help in a lot of things. Men, your sons need to learn how to treat a wife from you. Your little girls need to know how they're to be treated by other men from you. By how you treat their mama. Okay? They need to know how to catch a lightning bug. How to catch a tadpole. Okay? They need to learn about if you're working on cars or tractors. Maybe they need to learn about long-tailed yearlings, okay? You have things to pass on to them, and you have spiritual things that they need to know. When were you saved? How were you saved? What does the Lord mean to you? How is he blessing your life? They need help in understanding those things. The disciplines of a Christian where it's Bible study, prayer, service. You need to example that for them. Let's go on. Give them your ear. Give them your ear. That Deuteronomy passage says to talk to them, to teach them while you're walking, when you get up, and when you go to bed, you're teaching them about God. So give them their ear. See, as we spend time, we teach them, we help them, but they want to talk, and we need to listen. Men, look up here a minute. Don't make the mistake I made. You know, as men, we're fixers. Tell me the problem, and we'll fix it. Sometimes children don't want it fixed. They just want to talk. And believe me, they want to talk and talk and talk. They want to tell you every detail of their day. And you've had a long, hard day and you're tired. So get to the point so I can help you. No, that's not what they wanted. And I listened to Elizabeth as as I was working around the house and working in the yard and doing the things that had to be done. And she listened to everything and it was just mind-numbing to me. How anybody could do that. Now that they're grown, they still talk everything with their mama. And every once in a while, they'll share with their daddy when it's something that needs fixed. That was my fault. Don't make that mistake. You see, if you talk to them when they're little, they'll talk to you when they're older. If you don't give them an ear now, they don't want it later. They want it now. 
So listen to every detail. Even if it's mind-numbing, smile, kiss them, and thank them for sharing it with you. Let's go on. So you give them the ear. Then you give them your respect. Your respect. Again, that Colossians passage, it talks about don't provoke them to anger lest they give up or become discouraged. You know, it's one thing to tease kids, but kids are very literal. And when you're trying to, to, uh, to do discipline, if you're, if you're too stringent, okay, if you're too stringent, they give up because they can never please you. When they try their best, you praise them. Don't say, well, you could have done better. Come in, I got a B, Dad. Well, why didn't you get an A? Dad, I made second string on the baseball team. Why didn't you make first string? Okay, that's discouragement to kids. That's mean. Did you hear me? Don't be a meanie, fathers. They'll do their best, and you praise them for their best. Okay? So give them your respect. Do you respect them enough to do this? If you're wrong, do you respect your child enough to get down on one knee on their level and say, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? They need to know you're not perfect. In their eyes, they will be, but you're not, and I'm not. But if you'll apologize when you're wrong, it'll go a long way towards building a relationship. It'll show respect for them and their feelings. And when they're right, they're right. When they're wrong, they're wrong. Do you love your children and respect them enough to do consistent in what you want them to do? Don't change the rules on them. One time they can act out, one time they can't. Well, it's according if they're home or not. No, 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 no. That confuses them. Be consistent. Do you love them enough to do that? John Claypool related this story in a little book. And uh, his dad was dying in the hospital. Only had a short time left. He was visiting his dad. Everybody else finally left. It was late at night. And they were saying their goodbyes. Son, I love you. I love you too, Dad. Well, son, I made a lot of it. He said, no, no, Dad. Let me share something with you. He said, I don't know how you feel about your life. But there's one thing you always did that I'll never forget. His father said, what? He said, no matter where we were or what we were doing, you were glad we were there. You acted like you were glad we had been born. And you were always happy to see us and always glad we were present. And for that gift, I thank you. As far as a parent, you were great because you celebrated that we were in your life. Men... When was the last time you celebrated your kids, your grandkids, your nieces, your nephews? And let them know how important they are. Because guess what? They are important. And we need to let them know that. You see, we need to take those teachable moments and teach them about our Savior. We need to give them that respect they deserve and listen to them. And understand them. And appreciate them. What I have learned with grandkids. If it's important to them. It's important to me. I do learn from a few of my mistakes. But if it's important to them. It's important to me. Asher. Is just like Matthew. He should have been, he should have been Matthew's kid. He likes to get up in front of people. And he tells the biggest Wendy's. You have ever heard. Wendy's is a polite term for he lies. <laughs> Do you remember when that guy threw his head down the stairs, Grandpa? No. 
What are you talking about? He hurt my feelings. He threw, he threw his head down the stairs. I said, where? Here. When did he do that? Yesterday. We just got there today. <laughs> are you sure that's at my house? Yes. Who was it? I don't know, but he hurt my feelings. <laughs> and other tales like that, but I've learned to listen, smile, and go on. And then he laughs, and he's happy because I listened, because I gave him my time. But the most important time that we have is when we say our prayers, because Asher, like Matthew, likes to pray. He's been taught that by his daddy. Asher likes to go to church. He loves Bible study and Sunday school. He got that from his mommy and his daddy. He likes to help people. He got that from them. And my prayer before he is born and still now is that he's going to accept Christ at an early age. That he's going to have a large heart for Jesus. And he's going to bring glory to God. Fathers, are you praying that for your kids? Grandpas? For your nieces? For your nephews? For those kids that God gives us? If you're not, I want to ask why. Is it not important to you? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. See, we should be a blessing to our children as fathers. If we give them the proper Father's Day gifts, we'll be the greatest blessing in their life, the greatest influence in their life. It won't matter about their friends. It won't matter about any of that stuff. Maybe today you need to come because you can't give Jesus because you don't know Jesus and you need to accept Christ publicly as your personal Lord and Savior and set the example for your children to do that. Maybe you need to come and rededicate your heart and life. Maybe you need to come and join the church. I don't know, but God knows. We're going to stand and have a brief invitation. And you come as you need to come. Father God, thank you for all that you're about in our lives. Thank you that you're our heavenly Father. No matter what our earthly Father was like, we have a perfect example in you. Thank you for your love. And now, Lord, we commend this time to you. You have your way with us. In Jesus' name, amen.